ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode i'm your host steven g gaxiola and you are listening to the raider and the saint podcast Once again, I want to thank all my listeners from around the world that tune in to the Raider and the Saint podcast. It is an honor to watch you guys look at my fat ass on uh, Instagram <laughs> and also listen to me on uh, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. My guest today, obviously, if you're watching on video, if you know who he is, you know who he is. I'll introduce him shortly. But before we get to him, I want to let you know this is episode 134. Today's date is November 6th. The year is 2022. If you guys are looking to be on the podcast, be an advertiser or a sponsor, you guys can get a hold of me at the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. That's the Raider and the Saint at Outlook.com. Shout outs. I want to give a shout out to all my primos. I work at the Wimpy's Pawn Shop and also Main Pawn Shop. If you guys are looking to buy, sell, or pawn your soul, hit them up. Wimpy's Pawn Shop is located in Azusa, California. Also, main pawn shop. They're 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 all owned by the same the same family. Uh, all my primos. Uh, main pawn shop is also located in Baldwin Park. They're literally down the street from each other. If you guys are looking for anything, you know, tools, f- fix your house, whatever, uh, tools for your car, whatever you need, you know, video games for your kids. You're looking for jewelry. Uh, go and hit them up. Let them know that the Raider and the Saint guy sent you. They'll know who you are. But once again, shout out to to the, the the homies at Wimpy's and Main Pawn Shop. They've been taking care of me for a very long time. Those are, those are my family. Also, shout out to my past guest, Chris Shu. I apologize as I said the last name wrong, but Chris Shu, uh, you you he brought his family. He was a marijuana cultivator in Denver, Colorado. He was on an episode last week. So thank you. Shout out to you for coming through and and uh, just blessing me with your presence. It was a good. Good time. My guest today, though, I'm going to get right to him, man. He's a busy man. He's hot on the campaign trail. Election is on November 8th. He is running for city. Hold on. I'll make sure I get that right. He's running for city council, Ward 6 district in the city of Santa Ana, California. Election is November 8th. His name is Manny Escam. Escamilla. Escamilla. Okay. I've, he's been on my show twice already, too, man. Uh, he has been on episode seven, and he's also been on episode 50, folks. So if you want to learn more about him, who he is, where he is, and where he is now, I would suggest to go listen to episode seven. Go listen to episode 50, and you'll learn about this guy because 
listen, episode seven, I don't even know what the hell is going on in episode seven. I don't even want to listen to it, man. I'm, I'm like, what, episode seven? I had to look back and see where he came from. But I'm really proud of him, man. I've been following him ever since episode seven. He came on episode 50. He's doing his thing, and, and she's keep, he keeps plugging away. And, and that's what it inspires me to keep going on this podcast is to keep – and I, people like this, I meet, they inspire me to see them posting and grinding on Instagram and social media and showing their progress and working. That inspires me to keep going, too, man. And I'm on episode 134 now. And to see where he is now and he's out there, I mean, it's only an honor and, and, and respect to just get him back on the show and, and tell me where he's been and what he's been up to. And I'm so proud of this guy, man. I'm happy he's here. He was actually supposed to come on a couple months ago and – Got you know, COVID, you yeah. got COVID, you know, and it's been going around. You know, every, everyone who listens to my show know what, what happened to me and my family. But once again, welcome to the show, man, dude. Oh, it's thanks. an honor to have you here, man. The floor is yours, dude. Go for it. Oh, okay. Well, no, thank you so much for, for having me on, man. I, I love the introduction, right? So just like right after the pawn shop, right after the weed uh, dealers, <laughs> like, all right, we're going right into politics. You know, same, uh, same field, basically. Um, no, it's well, a, Santa Ana's got a little. I think they got the most weed shops in there <laughs> yeah, in all the cities. Yeah, no, we were, we were the uh, the first uh, place to in Orange County that went through with the the weed dispensaries, mm -hmm. uh, legalizing it. Yeah, because we we definitely had a lot of uh, you'd say unpermitted dispensaries in the city. It was causing some issues. Um, and, you know, legalized it, went for it. It's been the steady tax revenue. It's actually uh, been one of the sources that during the pandemic that funded a lot of after school programs, a lot of funding for the library and youth, uh, you know, basically half the money set aside for youth uh, out of the cannabis fund. So, um, yeah, it was a really good source of revenue. And honestly, uh, once we legalized it, regulated the industry, uh, it was much more uh, beneficial because uh, we were able to regulate the unpermitted uh, shops. You know, there was mm -hmm. actual like enforcement uh, mm -hmm. going on there. No, I see it. I see it every day. I work in Santa Ana, and I've gone to the shops, and I've gone to plenty of them. We, I talked about it on last, uh, last episode. I've gone to plenty of them, and you don't see – like, I see the difference between the homeless and the, and the drugs that's going on. We'll talk about that oh, later. Yeah. I see all that going on, but you don't see that hanging out on these dispensaries that are legit. Yeah, and like with dispensaries, they they have a really uh, robust security plan. Like everyone's got their background check, which is you have to kind of talk about. You feel about safe. Yeah, oh, no, they're completely safe. They're like it's weird now. They're like at Apple stores, right? Like yeah. they're just like very pristine uh, retail shops and experiences. Um, but yeah, like the city's like moving forward with some revisions. They actually might be doing some on-site consumption lounges. So then that's kind of like being uh, worked on right now. So. Uh, that's pretty much like I guess uh, you'd say the next phase of like where uh, legalized cannabis is going in the city, uh, but you know that's not the only thing we have going on in the city. Obviously, a lot of um, a lot of work still to do around homelessness, um, around just our park parking impacts, cost of housing, um, and you know at least for me, growing up in the city, there's a lot of love for the place, but then also just still way more to do. And you know it's basically part of the reason I'm running here in uh, Santa Ana for Ward Six. Um, you know, so if anyone wants to kind of follow the campaign, it's vote Manny, uh, pretty much on everything. Right. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, all yeah, look stuff. him up, Manny. I'm going to yeah. keep, uh, yeah, do it. <laughs> Manny Escamilla. Mm -hmm. Okay. Manny Escamilla. You, you could follow him, follow him on Instagram. I follow him on Instagram. He, he's growing, man. He's doing his thing, dude. He's out there. He, he's, he, 
listen to episode seven, dude. How many <laughs> votes did you lose by? Uh, that was 150 in that. He lost by 150 was... votes, but he was going door to door. Yeah. And this was what, four years ago? Uh, yeah, just about four. It was three years ago. Three special, years ago. Yeah, special election, 2019, totally political unknown. I think uh, I, I always tell everyone, like, you know, I took on the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the police officers, the developers. There's like, I had like no friends except for my one union, SEIU, uh, Local 721. So they backed me. There's like the one, <laughs> like the one thing that I got. Um, yeah, we, we fell a little bit short that campaign, but honestly, just kind of took that experience um, and uh, helped out with some other campaigns locally. We got some other folks that were got like, involved. Yeah, yeah, got involved. I uh, got some other folks uh, helped out with those elections. I uh, managed to kind of turn around the city in a more uh, progressive direction. You know, that was very important for me where. Yeah, at the end of the day, it really should just be, um, you know, the needs of residents guiding city policy mm -hmm. uh, rather than the needs of those who are already in power, right? So that, mm -hmm. that's really kind of the main difference for me, right? So, um, you know, I guess uh, I'm not going to do the full bio, go back, I guess, yeah, episode seven, seven episode seven. 50, learn about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah so you can get those. He's on fire right now. Yeah. I'm telling you, from episode seven, I see the growth, I see the maturity, and seeing you, I mean, me too, I'm understanding everything you're talking about now. Yeah. Before I was like, wait, can you explain? Like, can we talk about? <laughs> yeah, but that, that's a, the whole educational route, right? So, like for me, uh, you know, the short story of it is, you know, worked for the city for 14 years, a lot of the kind of background operations, and um, as someone who grew up in the city, I just I didn't uh, like the way and uh, the direction that things were going, right? I didn't feel personally represented by the officials that were there. Uh, so I decided to step in the ring and, you know, obviously now I'm like kind of taking my hits and it's fun, you know, like I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of like forcing the other side to respond to very basic questions of to like, do something. Yeah. It's like, Hey, like attack me on my policies, not like on um, just whatever you're going to make up. So for me, um, I'm pretty proud that they can't attack on policy because like right now we're winning that argument. It's like, Hey, rent's out of control. You have to have some kind of balance between, like, you know, the rights of landlords, the rights of renters. Uh, you can't just randomly kick people out, like, of their homes. You know, there is a, a social contract, not just, like, a legal rental contract when mm -hmm. it comes to, like, those relationships. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that that's, you know, something we got to figure out in this, uh, in this particular time and place, right? Southern California is a beautiful, wonderful place that we all want to live in. Um, we want to end up like San Francisco. Yeah. High prices. And then you got people living in the street, just shitting on the street. And then people just, mm -hmm. you know, I don't even know where those people get that type of money from. Yeah, and it's tough because it's like part of it, too, is like um, it's such a high demand area. And then you don't want to build anything. So you also have to do that other side of it, right? So like coming in uh, from a more left uh, uh, you know, progressive perspective, mm -hmm. it's still about you also have to have some construction, right? So you have mm -hmm. to stop. Uh, having this idea that if you just pause everything, everything will be better because, you know, sometimes like that just ends up being uh, a recipe for that sort of situation in SF mm -hmm. where you just you have way, way too much demand, no units. And then like people just end up on the streets and then you have this. So it has to do with the laws and everything yeah. as far as like homeless. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad in San Francisco right now. Yeah. And, and, it, and I see, you know, Santa Ana kind of like there's certain areas where I see. Um, especially the railroad tracks and, and people doing and are we heading so if, if we don't do nothing now are we gonna head something towards like San, how San Francisco is no I, I don't think you're ever gonna get like that that number because like the populations and the kind of the general makeups a little bit different so okay. a little more spread out uh, so you won't have it as concentrated in particular regions so you're talking more probably of like the Tenderloin area mm. and like uh, the uh, the yeah South Market area um, yeah, parts of that Did you ever hear they had a shit app? I, I did not hear about the shit app. There's uh, an app where it's like, when, if you ever seen a, a, a human shit, 
This is they where would put in. it on, and it was like the whole, the whole. I believe yeah, it, San, San Francisco. I just don't want Santa Ana. Santa Ana is beautiful, mm -hmm. and we've done a lot of positive things, and and I've seen a lot of growth, um, but I've also seen we're leaving people behind. Yeah, and, and like part of that is like there are no like uh, units for them, right? There's nowhere you can actually tell a person like, hey, here's where you're gonna go. And like the best thing that uh, the current system tries to do is, hey, go to the shelter system. But like without one, it's like no pets. No in and out, no in and out. So if you if you have a night shift, right, and you're working mm -hmm. like at night, and you're like trying to find a place, and you're like, oh, you can't leave at a certain hour, then they'll just like take your yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, so like there, there's some like severe limitations when it comes to the way that we do the shelter system, and there's like no privacy in that thing. It's like you know, like it basically like if you took a, like a photo of a shelter, and then you took a photo of like. Uh, the men's central jail and kind of like just put them next to it. You'd see like, oh, they're actually kind of similar, except, you know, instead of having two bunks, it's only one bunk, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, there's just like a bunch of like cots next to each other with like no privacy, no room, everyone kind of just like in these massive congregational, like what do they call them? Uh, uh, it's a, yeah, uh, congreg congregate shelters. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, it's like, you know, relatively simple. You move forward, you get like, you know, $50,000 RVs at, at most, right? You can get RVs a little cheaper than that, mm -hmm. but you know, like, you know, park them in a like, you know, just random parking lot that you're not using, mm -hmm. hook them up to like sewer electrical connections. And you can actually get people on their feet in a relatively like short time frame to at least stabilize them. Um, but, you know, those are the kinds of things where we need to have a different approach than just to say like, hey, we're going to spend $40 million on a shelter to this contractor that's going to bill us and not do the work and then going to double bill us. And then we're not even going to talk about that publicly because that's something that happened in Santa Ana where like we like paid for a building mm. the work didn't quite get done we got what building where was it at so this is the uh the latest shelter it was the carnegie shelter like there was like some crazy like behind the scenes like i, I don't even know that it's like made it out like anywhere but it was like some really kind of funky like what is going on here how are we spending this amount of money yeah 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 and like honestly at the end of the day we're basically building cots right we're building a floor some bathrooms and then like basic cots where like people can kind of hang out and then like a tv room they're not like fancy like structures yeah yeah but they're saying, well, oh, it's worth forty million, and it's like, yeah. okay, that's that's ten grand. Where's the rest? Yeah. So like, so part of it just ends up being, and it's like, yeah, it's not directly forty. I have to get the the number on the Carnegie shelf. Yeah, no, but, yeah, but it's a ridiculous amount for like what we end up getting. Uh, so for me, I'm just saying like, so uh, it's built already. Yeah, we we have the Carnegie and we have the. What's Yale the cross streets on that? Oh man, all I know is it's on Carnegie, but it's on the other side of the fifty five. It's um yeah, like I'm trying to remember the cross over streets. there off of by Dyer. Yeah, it is by Dyer, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, I know Carnegie's back over there. Yeah, so it's like Carnegie, Dyer, other side of the 55, and then we also have the Yale Shelter, which is the... Yeah, uh, I know the where that's one. at. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yale and Warner. Yeah. I'm a UPS driver, Santa Ana, man. I know every car. That's why I always say, yeah. give me the cross streets. But I know where the uh, I know where the one on Yale is. I delivered in there. Yeah. I delivered uh, 100 packages from Amazon. It was all mattresses. Oh, there yeah. you go. I was pissed, but I was like, hey, man, I'm doing what I need to do to help these people. And, yeah. and it's a nice it's a nice spread, and it's an industrial area. And people are in there, and they, they're doing what they need to do. And and, and I'm going to do what I need to do because I, I want people. Uh, look at man, I was poor once too. You know, I know people that that grew up poor. We all grew up poor. We all grew up with no money in our pocket, and we worked towards something. And sometimes in life, we 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 hit a stumble, we hit a rock, and we we got to take advantage, or not take advantage, but just we got to you know rely on the government or the city to help us out for a minute and so i don't look down on these people and i i you know i respect them to taking that step and being humble and saying hey listen man i, I fucked up i whatever situation it is it could be a million of them yeah you know what i mean but this, the fact that santa Ana is doing something like that and i'm seeing time. them doing it and i'm happy for that but also are they using all the money 
No, you know, you're saying they're not. Yeah, well, what I've said is, like, there could be more cost-effective solutions. Okay. So, like, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a study, and I'm trying to remember, like, it was, if it was, like, Berkeley or out, out of, like, another uh, university, where it's basically, uh, it had three different models, where it was, like, congregate, shelter, um, no special kind of treatment, permanent supportive housing, which is basically you give a person kind of its, their own special place with support, and also just kind of, like, vouchers, and then they basically find their own housing. And they found, like, no difference between, like, the shelter usual system and uh, giving someone a voucher as far as, like, outcomes, like, as far as a person leaving the streets and mm-hmm. having, like, permanent housing a year from now. Mm-hmm. Except that, the like, doing the vouchers, like, ended up being, like, half the cost. So you can, like, serve twice as many people if you do this other model that we're not using. Obviously, the best one that was more, a little bit more expensive. What was on these vouchers? Hotel? Yeah, it was hotel. Like, yeah, it was, like, hotel, rentals, you know, basically direct... So- so that was working better than it, it works as well as the shelters, but mm-hmm. it's like less money. So you're mm-hmm. able to have like actually you're actually able to serve more people by doing something like that rather than spending a lot of money on basically like redundant services. So, you know, when we like cost it out, it was like eight thousand dollars a bed for a shelter. Right. So you're basically paying eight thousand dollars per month per cot. Yeah. But what are you getting for those services? You're getting counseling. Well, that's that's the hope, but again, like if you look at the actual outcomes, like the outcomes are not that different from like not getting any of those support really? services. Yeah, so that's the thing where it's like you have to actually say like, yeah, we're getting all this. Well, well, does it do anything? Like, uh, yeah, you can do all that, but it doesn't have an actual like difference in the outcomes. Hmm. Yeah, and we can link it. So like, I no, know no, that's got me thinking too. Like, I recently uh, was living in a hotel for a while for a minute, and I was bouncing from hotel to hotels, and I was seeing certain characters or. Mm-hmm person personalities people in there and and i'm like how are they affording i'm you know i'm paying this much how are they and then i'm realizing that like, they're, they're getting Somebody vouchers and, and stuff like that and then there was nothing wrong i mean it was nothing wrong at all you know it was just i was like oh okay they're not on vacation they're actually living here you know i can't afford to live here yeah you know yeah and like sometimes it's like the um the long-term stays are like end up being not just not necessarily the cheapest way that people can like um, have housing but because they don't require any initial deposit, it's sometimes the only thing that people have access to. And the, the other thing, though, you also have to kind of break down, like, homelessness, right? Because, like, right now, like, there are certain, like, uh, districts in the uh, in the Santa Ana Unified School District where it's, like, 27 37% of the students are effectively homeless. But, you know, that's kind of counting people that are living in their cars, living in hotels, living on couches. Um, and that, that's a really big proportion of people that don't have adequate housing. What we usually end up getting distracted by, or not distracted by, but mostly focused on, are people that have uh, severe mental health issues, severe substance mm-hmm. abuse issues, uh, or are kind of in and out of the kind of prison system, and then, mm-hmm. you know, really just are basically on the street now, right? Like, they, you know, when they go in, it's like, you know, a couple of times, like, uh, in prison, you're not going to get a job, you have, like, no, like, you burn bridges with family, like, where else are you going to go? And then those are ones that, you know, you have a lot harder of a time trying to figure out, like, what to do, is, you know, because it's like, you know, do you give them money directly? Do you give them a place to stay? But no one wants, you know, ex-felons or, mm-hmm. like, you know, just to go and, and live in their neighborhood, right? So, like, that gets really complicated. What we have been able to do, and that's actually, like, um, kind of a, a silver lining or, like, showing that it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, I think, effectively had, like, zero veteran uh, homeless, uh, homelessness now. Because we really because we basically produced enough veterans housing because no one was against veterans housing. If you were against like housing veterans, like homeless veterans, like you were just, yeah, you know, politically you can't do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, I don't want to house those yeah, veterans. Yeah. Like um, so, um, you know, California, other places across the country have produced enough veterans housing. A really good example is the one that's there on. Um, 
Uh, oh my gosh, uh, let's say this is East First Street or East okay. McFat. Uh, I'm trying. To, it's like right by the riverbed, but it's like a, it's like the like there's like American like veterans like uh, like housing, and it's a really nice building. Like for, first and Fairview. Yeah, it's First and Fairview. So it's like right like yeah. Right Harbor. By the yeah. There. Yeah, that's where the, the the bank is. Okay. Down first, yeah. So like you know, so that like that went in without like too much like it wasn't any community opposition, right? It wasn't like we're housing homeless people, we're housing veterans, mm-hmm. right? So we can kind of do the same thing when it comes to housing families, when it comes to housing children. There's plenty of space to send in to house and, and take care of people. I see it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You have to just imagine like, hey, you know, we're gonna be a two to three story, like you know, tall community now, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing. It's like, hey. We're going to go a little bit higher. It won't be, like, that dramatic. We're not, like, building skyscrapers or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to need to build a little bit up, right? And so that's the thing where I think uh, it's possible to solve some of these subgroups. The hard one is, though, like, people that don't want to, like, don't accept services, that do need some kind of intervention. Uh, and then that's the hope where this uh, new court system that's going to be put into place, the care court model. So it's basically a new law from the state of California uh, that will allow um, officers, uh, medical doctors, uh, representatives of the court, uh, counselors, and basically to say like, hey, this person needs particular medical help and is unable to make a decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, the, the classic example is you see you know, individuals um, you know, outside on the street, kind of mumbling to themselves, uh, pants falling down, very dirty, just like, you know, obviously they, they there's something there that's like, this individual needs help on top of be doing drugs yeah too. yeah on top of the drugs and it could be that it was exacerbated i see it by, all the time yeah, yeah and, <laughs> every and, day yeah and not even the ones that are on drugs i mean like literally like, yeah you need help yeah they, they just like need direct help and, and you can't really arrest you know what if you arrest them you basically put them in yeah, jail you make it worse for them yeah so there but there are um i think kind of there is a genuine consensus or general consensus that we have to find some kind of positive medical intervention at a certain point to be like look if you um had you know some kind of severe like bullet wound or you had like a particular infection like you would be treated in order to deal with that underlying medical condition Mm. and there is an underlying medical condition to addiction uh to the addiction cycle Um, you know for folks uh, that are addicted to opiates it's actually a little bit easier you you basically get them on suboxone methadone yeah yeah, and you just uh, there's or kratom <laughs> yeah. Hey, I used to yeah. be addicted to opiates, so yeah. I, I know the whole process and what what I, what what to go through. So, you know that that's something. If if and anybody out there listening or mm-hmm. yeah. you know if you need help, I'll I'll, I'll be there and I, I can walk you through it because I've been through it and it's hell. Yeah, you know I used to, I used to take. Yeah, I mean I'll talk about the, I mean, your campaign, but hey, I've been no, there, right. man, and I know what it what it takes. And it, there is uh, those fake pills going around that look like thirty milligrams of of oxycontin and it's not it's fentanyl they're fake fentanyl pills and people are not you can't ingest them people are ingesting them and dying but what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to crack them open smoke it and that's the it's supposed to be super strong super potent but anyways yeah i see it i see when i see when when i'm driving on on route and i see them going going nuts and i'm like okay what are they doing and that's the new thing right now is these fake pills yeah and that's yeah definitely synthetics are, are a major like area so there's still probably way more research that we need to do into like how to intervene in specific um addiction cycles and addiction yeah you because know, it is like very drug specific yeah right? you need i think you need experience you need people that understand what they're going i mean obviously you don't know because i don't there's all kinds of different yeah. different stuff out there dude i there mean is. there's there's the they call them broken windows methamphetamines and and broken glass and they're, they're you don't know what they're on and there's 
there's new drugs going in and out that are mixed and different things. So mm -hmm. it, it could be one thing, could be another. The only way we could find out is if, if we get them, we say, hey, you want help? We can drug test them and then see, hey, okay, what we're dealing with. Because right now, when I'm driving out there, I could say, oh, they're on this and that. I don't know. Yeah. I had a guy on his all fours at, at, at the intersection of Dyer and uh, Main Street, and he was at the intersection right there, and he was on all fours barking like a dog. Oh, okay. And just I I, didn't, I was yeah. like I don't know if it's a mental if he's on drugs I don't, I don't I couldn't tell you yeah so I think we had to help these people we gotta we gotta you know I don't know man yeah it, it, that's the thing it's like that, that's pretty tough it is and in the like, because they don't want do they want help well I think at that point you, you can't really even say that like are are they in a at a stage where they can make a decision for themselves yeah. right and, and I think that's where the, the care court again just is about saying like look um when a person's at a certain point they're unable to make a, a rational decision for themselves and we have to intervene somehow uh, so that's where it's like there might be uh you know basically to say like you now have to kind of go on this treatment regimen or you have to participate in these uh in these other steps that are going to be um more mandated than voluntary and I, I think that that's kind of what we're, we're looking at mm -hmm. um, but it is tough because you have to kind of find that balance where we don't just automatically just like oh someone's acting a little weird we like arrest them and then we like send them to like medical prison rather than <laughs> re you know regular prison um, i know some places like 7-elevens that I, I i go to uh, in santa Ana, and, and they, they start playing music Oh yeah, they started more like, well, music. You guys more play, like, what do you got the music? Because they don't like that. Because yeah, they, because they're, they're they're when they're down and they're out and they're withdrawing, they'll sit in front of Seven Elevens and ask for money, mm -hmm. and they don't like the music, so they start playing music. I'm like, man, that's mm -hmm. you know, like, I, I, you know, for a company like that, you know, I guess that's a, a good thing, but we got to find something to when they're so I don't know, maybe we should set something up in front of Seven Elevens with. Where they need help and just have a booth or something, or maybe like a a, a little, you know, have they have in colleges if you're getting raped or someone's trying to little, little, little call, call button. We should have something like that where they need help and just it's one button away. Yeah, no, I I think the the direction that we're probably going to, and this is at least what I would like to see, is to have the specialized uh, treatment teams out and about pretty much 24/7, right? So. Right now, the only thing that you have kind of operating as far as like the state or the city or like the county goes is police, right? They're the only thing you can call or you're the only agency you can call like police and fire and paramedics that are, mm. you know, they're operating 24 hours a day. Uh, but we would need basically teams that are specialized to be able to say like, oh, like based off of this person that we know here, based off of the behavior from like the other folks that we've observed, that this is likely uh, someone that is experiencing maybe this or, you know, a, a, a break or is you know uh, having a side effect from a particular combination of synthetic drugs or you know particular you know regular kind of you know drugs that they're a little bit more familiar with but that are constantly out there so it's really about having the specialized teams that aren't necessarily about uh, immediately arresting individuals yeah. but, but trying to identify what the underlying cause is to try to see if there is any ability to communicate with this individual and then to be able to say um, with at least you know basically who, who's selling you the drugs well also yeah who's selling you the drugs yeah that's like you know yeah that's it's uh, that's probably more police yeah what's your what's you doing the sales that, that is still police that is uh, I, i'm not going to take a uh, drug enforcement away from but the yeah they're they, they are doing a good job yeah. though i mean it, it's i i do i see a lot more homeless people because i'm all over yeah. Santa dude and i see it i'm yeah, out oh, there absolutely. every day and i do i see i i see groups of them um mm -hmm. uh, is it getting worse? I think the drugs are getting worse, and I, and 
the fact that they're taking these drugs and still surviving shows me that these people are, are capable of changing the world and, and doing being good for society. Yeah. And the fact that we're we're just I'm not saying no, we I mean it's always been like that, you know, but we're we're Santa Ana has been taking a step forward and and doing what they need to do and you you you're running for city council. I am, and this is like the biggest issue that we have to deal with. Really, that's the, this that is, is the, is the biggest, biggest issue. Okay. Yeah, so it's the biggest issue for me. It's it's a combination of that and and uh, housing cost, right? So for okay. the average person, we're not experiencing like a uh, homelessness directly. The other thing that they're worried about is basically rising rents and like whether or not they're going to be able to afford. And that's the one thing that's upsetting too to me. Yeah. Is raising the rents. Yeah. So so we passed rent control. So anyone living in an older structure, um, they're only able to uh, raise the rents three percent per year. Um, the statewide uh, level is uh, 10%. But, um, you know, that's something we fought for, and it's a 4-3 vote. So it's one of the big issues, I think, uh, that differentiates me and the, the, the other uh, uh, person that's running. But there's still way more that we need to do, basically, on ownership, on the potential for having uh, locally owned housing that isn't market housing. So either... Um, you say this uh, co-op housing, housing that is kind of constructed directly by the city for local residents to, to use, uh, things that basically aren't always about maximizing the amount of money that uh, a particular building is like making. Well, how much of it is, is old money? Oh, uh, a lot of it is uh, buildings are, are, are buildings that were uh, built back, uh, you know, in the 70s and 80s. And, uh, yeah, people bought them years ago and now are just making a lot of money, even though no improvements have gone in or there are just uh, other uh, kind of more speculative uh, aspects to it. Right. So it's like the entire region has a, a need for housing. And because there's a shortage, you know, the cost is going up for it. Mm. Um, but it's not necessarily individuals that maybe are building new housing. These are folks that basically bought housing years ago. Um, and then everything that they're getting is, you know, basically pure profit uh, from raising the rent. So I think I just uh, was talking to a, a family um, today and they said, yeah, like uh, the, the person just uh, increased their rent by $200 a month. And, you know, they're only paying like 14. What's the, what's the law behind that? Uh, the, the, the law, and that's the thing. is like, no, that's totally illegal because they were only paying. That's uh, illegal. They, they were only paying 1400 so Yes, it's $200. So they raised it 200 They, they raised it Is that legal? Or that, that is illegal. Illegal, that, okay. That is completely illegal. Um, but what's the law behind that? Is it a state or city-wise? Th- there are two laws that would that would impact it. So at the state level, it's a 10% cap. Like basically, it's an anti-rent gouging. So you can't raise the rent more than 10% per year. Mm-hmm. So this person raised it more than 10%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, per year. So they already violated the state statute. So they can't even say like, oh, we didn't know. Like you know, if you're you're renting in California, you should know that you can't raise it t- more than 10% per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also violated our local law, which is 3% per year. So that's where, you know, if they followed the law, I think um, when we like, it, like I was talking to him, I think they could have raised the rent $46 a month, basically. It was like the, the keep up with inflation to keep up with rising property taxes and rising, um, oh my gosh. Hmm. Yeah, so like, yeah, that's like the, the rate. And they can also say like, oh, well, our costs have gone up. So therefore we're going to petition to raise it more. That, that's an avenue that's still available for mm-hmm. landlords. Um, but this is something where this person, uh, you know, uh, immigrant to, 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 to the United States, uh, guy works in construction. He's like, all I know is that they've never replaced anything. I've lived here 20 years. They've never replaced anything. I've fixed everything inside myself. Um, and you know, mm. he's like, well, I don't even know what to do. I was like, look, call me, like, we're gonna, we'll figure this out. We'll try to connect mm. you with some, 
uh, some folks over at some uh, legal aid societies locally, and then also po folks that work in uh, kind of tenant protection spaces. Because wow. that's the other thing where it's like, um, even if we have these laws on the books, unless there's some kind of teeth behind them, right? Like some actual enforcement, uh, folks are just going to like uh, roll over, right? Or people are like going to be too scared to say anything because then, you know, they're going to say, well, it's $200 here. Yeah, or, you're, you're out the door. I'm out the door. And then it's going to be $2,200 for a new unit somewhere else, you know, like, so then that, that's a really difficult choice wow. that people are, are facing. Yeah, I, I like, uh, dude, yeah, you know a lot, man. I like that. I'm just my, my mind's just I'm just thinking about things like yeah people need to understand their 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 laws and and their the regulations that are going on and, and just be there's people I know that that've been renting for years and and it's always been the same and lately it's been it's been raising a bit and I said oh, okay it's only it's only an extra fifty bucks a, a month it's not like they're raising it. $200 but when they do raise it $200 that's when you got to sit there and go okay I don't think that's right there's laws mm -hmm. and regulations and but it's not just what you just told me it's happening everywhere yeah absolutely right now and people are taking advantage and that's just the way the the the, the society we live in today right yeah and, and people like you who are here and 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 running you want to take care of people you want to make sure that they're doing you know you know they're doing or knowing you know what 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 they got to do yeah and it's one of these things where it's like a different world is totally possible right so we do have other examples in in other countries and even other examples like within the united states um where you know the market's a little bit different and we're able to say like hey you know like housing is like one of those things where it's like you know would we deny someone access to basic levels of water you know like you know just like you know, should someone have access to drinking water and, and that, that's something we've said like is a fundamental right for for most folks or at least mm -hmm. relatively inexpensive electricity like there's certain things where no this is something that people just need to survive and we have to figure out ways as society to provide it uh and you know it's not to say that um it's not um, important to incentivize uh, new construction rights. So, like, mm -hmm. I, I never, I've never advocated rent control for new buildings because mm -hmm. then it does make it harder for someone to construct something new, and then that, in the long term, uh, tends to raise prices mm -hmm. in a city, right? So, if you do, if you look at a lot of studies uh, on it, if you're able to kind of avoid that. Um, you're usually with rent control and rent stabilization, it's actually pretty good, right? Because you end up also making sure that the renters that live there know that it's a long-term investment in their community, right? So they're not as worried about being kicked out. They're not as worried about, um, you know, making that additional 10% uh, rent and they can invest a little bit more in their kids. Uh, they can take a vacation. They can go out for dinner, you know, like things where you know, your basic levels of stress in society go down if not everyone's basically trying to make it just barely for rent. What would you call that? What was that called again? Uh, so just it's rent stabilization. Rent stabilization. Yeah, it's like the old and people term. do that. There's 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 people that do that around. Yeah, Orange County, uh, without having to worry about the laws, without having to worry about they just they just they just do it. You've been renting here for thirty years. Yeah. Hey, you take care of it. The rent's gonna stay the same. Eight hundred dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, you know, I guess I could say like, uh, you know, so I'm a, I'm a landlord. Uh, I have a condo and you know, the folks I rent it out to, I'm just like, yeah, you know, it's like, that's what it is. It'll be raised maybe 50 bucks a month, like on year, like just going to go up with the property and the with property tax and the HOA. And that's pretty much it. Right. But it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, but that's like, uh, it's 
Uh, Adam Smith used to kind of say that the moderating force was basically going to be a social relationship between uh, two people, right? That because mm -hmm. uh, we are social creatures, that that would moderate greed. Mm -hmm. But now when we have these corporations and then you're, all you're trying to do is maximize the bottom line, mm -hmm. you just kind of see someone as a number. You're like, well, you know, this market study, which only looks at higher end rates, says I can get more for it. So that's what I'm going to charge you now because that's market. Well, like, why did it become markets? Well, because you raised it and there is no other competition because we basically stopped producing new housing. So now the housing costs go up and then basically anyone that can't pay it either leaves or they end up doubling up, tripling up or figuring out other ways to make money and cutting other basic expenses. Right. So you're having mm -hmm. people choose between food and rent. And, you know, there's always the phrase that rent eats first. So it's like, well, like, is that the society we want to live in? Mm -hmm. And I think that we have an active choice and the ability to change that and we have really good examples of other countries that have done that uh, and we have uh, really good examples of how we can do that with good public policy and we will get get with that on our next uh break we're gonna take a break so this first 30 minutes on ig if you guys want to listen to the rest of this podcast we're gonna get into really more deep stuff and that was a great uh leave you know a mark where we need to leave off so once again i want to thank all my listeners from around the world that tune in we will be back in a second. Isaac, my camera guy, he's falling asleep over there. Sorry, folks. My guy's on vacation. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to take a quick five-minute break. Everyone on IG, make sure you vote for Manny Escamilla. Did I get it right? Manny Escamilla, you got it right, yeah. Santa Ana uh, Ward 6, yep. right? Uh the vote is November eighth, so we got till November eighth, right? Well, to yeah, vote you, the we, we got two more days, so it's tomorrow. You got two more days it's tomorrow on Tuesday, man. Go and give this guy a vote, man. <laughs> he's got my vote. Everyone that needs a vote, vote for this guy, man. He's worked his ass off, and I appreciate you here. We'll be back in five minutes. All right, I'll see you guys. All right, peace. We are back, folks. We are back. No more IG live. So now I could. Do all kinds of uh, paraphernalia. You guys won't even know. I'm just kidding. Uh, Danny's here. <laughs> he didn't leave. He's still here. I'm still here, but no, no. I just see you double fisting over there. Uh, I see it's, it's a bottle of whiskey in one hand and a bottle of vodka in the other. Hey, listen, man. We we've been together uh, for a while now. Not not intimately, but like you've been on my episode what, seven. What, what, episode what's more intimate than another person's podcast? Yeah, no. I've been. You, you <laughs> episode seven, dude. When you came on, it was me and you. Like we didn't even know, like what's going on, and I'm still trying to figure things out. And then episode fifty, and I remember when you walked out, you go, oh, "Okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay." I get, I get what you're trying to do. You know, like yeah. I get what you're doing because we we both come from different. Uh, I don't know. We don't come from different, but we just. You you you're on this side and I'm on this side. I don't know when you, when you said it, I understood. You know what I mean? Uh, but I don't know how to explain it. You know, I I feel like that is actually made me more confused uh, than I was <laughs> when he started the sentence. Uh, no, but like I, I guess for me, like I honestly felt we kind of came like from a, a similar background in the sense that you know we have a mutual friend, uh, Daniel, right? Yeah, Danny Barrios. Yeah, shout out Danny. Yeah, dude, Danny's gonna be all pumped up. Oh hell yeah, no, but it's like you know because it's a working class background, right? So like for yeah. me, like uh, I definitely went on like the school track, uh, government service, and all that. But, you know, I started off as a machinist. So, you know, for me, it was like, okay, it was either going to be doing all this, uh, you know, stuff that I'm doing now, 
uh, or I would have just basically been cutting metal with my dad, right? Like that mm. was like the track. And honestly, I, I would have made more money just if I would have just stayed as a machinist. You know, that would have been, <laughs> yeah. been like way, <laughs> way better. Um, but you know, like it, yeah, it's just the the blue collar kind of working um, Latino like background. You know, that, that's basically it, right? So I, don't, I actually I forgot like where you grew up, but you know, like for me, it was like. Uh, Border Park, Fullerton Border area Park. where we are right now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So like with me, like yeah, I grew up on you know uh, down the street from Danny. So it was basically just uh, you know Highland Street, a lot of gangs, a lot of a lot of violence, and you basically. For me, I was a, the rocker guy, right? So I was a metalhead. So mm-hmm. that way, I didn't have metal acobis. And then, uh, uh, what was it? What oh, was your old? Oh, my, my Instagram, and it, it will go back to this. It was okay. a, a full metal archivist. Yeah, yeah. So that's also my love of anime, right? So I was just like anime geek. Uh, metal I saw head. that recently. Yeah. Oh, it's a good show. It's it's definitely a good show. I didn't know. I thought it would been alchemist, like full metal alchemist, mm-hmm. and then I saw. I was like, wait, I think he meant this one. I, like, I seen it, and I was like, I think it was, you're in anime. Yeah, well, yeah, I definitely enjoyed anime, uh, and I still do. It's good stuff. So, like, uh, when I when I do find some uh, downtime, then that's uh, where I end up at. Yeah. Right. Let's get down to the dirty, oh, okay. dude. Let's I want to, dude, you you fucking been campaigning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how long have you been campaigning for? Oh, man. So uh, this whole process probably started for me about nine to ten months back as far as figuring out out whether or not Mm -hmm. um, I was going to do the run. So um, what made you decide to do it? Honestly, again, uh, no one that was there that I felt was going to represent me. Right. So it was basically either letting the guy that was currently there um, run unopposed. So, which is basically what it was and ended up looking like. I was going around everywhere trying to figure out anyone that was going to run, like, hey, like, I'll help, you know, like, I have, like, previous campaign experience, um, little donor circle, you know, policy points. Like, I was really uh, looking forward to being in the background just to be like, hey, I just want to focus on mm. policy. Mm. I want to be like, hey, let's go through some documents. Let's figure out, like, officially what we can change, what are the routes to do so. Like, let's actually get stuff done, right? So, I do see myself more as a policy guy. Mm. Um but, you know, no one was there. Like, I was looking around hard. I was going around talking to everybody that I could, being like, hey, so, like, what do you all think? Like, you know, the lines were being redrawn. Uh, There's a lot of stuff in the air. Um, and at that point, I basically had to decide, like, okay, I'm going to go for it or not. And I had to, like, do some basic, um, you know, research, kind of see if it was even possible to win. You know, I'm not, like, one of these guys, like, tilting at windmills. I'm like, if I'm going <laughs> if I'm going in, I'm, I want to win. Like, I'm, like, I'm in for the kill. I feel you, I feel you. Yeah, like, I'm definitely in for the kill, you know. Um, so... There, there was a possibility. We, we looked at the numbers. We looked at the district. Uh, we saw what. What the, people you got? You got? Did you have a? Do you have a team? I, I do you, have a team. Yeah. Okay. Team. How'd you get a team? Is it just from people getting to know you, young kids in college that are inspired? <laughs> how how yeah. does that work? Yeah. So definitely, I think it grew organically, right? So a lot of that team kind of for, was formed, at least the core, around that 2019 run. So you know, when I was barely getting started, putting my name out there, just ta- going around talking to people, and then like people like pick up different skill sets. Um, yeah. So, so we have like a yeah, you know, it's a fairly small core team of folks that are kind of like inner circle as far as like um, um, we'd say strategy, right? Like, yeah. okay, what's the actual strategy to win? Uh, and then from there, um, you know, what we basically have that's really great about Santa Ana is that we have a large network of progressive activists that have already been involved in the community and um, you know from my years working at the library from the years working at the city i'd already gotten to know a lot of these folks so mm-hmm. had kind of on the ground connections with people that might be like or, or have been a very decent volunteer base that come mm-hmm. out to walk uh that promote my stuff that are there when it, you know when it's saying like hey these are the policies that we need implemented right so like that core constituency uh, I would not have a possibility of winning. You know, right now I have a possibility of winning, right? I think we have a strong possibility of no, winning. No, I, I feel you do. Yeah, and, and like, especially if people come out. That's the thing. If it's a low turnout, it's harder. But if more people come out, definitely can win the popular vote there. 
but um, it's more that so many people from so many different organizations have already been doing the work for decades. And all I'm doing is saying that that work and that effort and those movements deserve a respectful place at the table. I'm not saying that they run the city, right? I'm saying that they deserve respect. They deserve respect. They deserve a seat at the table and that their concerns are valid and they have a, a history in the city that um, you can't ignore that if you look at the overall trajectory of the city and kind of uh, the policy direction that it's going into that you know these concerns from these particular constituency groups were like worried about lead in their soil worried about pollution you know the water pollution and contamination that's coming in from some industrial sites uh, the air contamination from some of these locations along the standard industrial corridor Mm -hmm. um, that folks that feel that maybe you know, the way that they're policed isn't the best way that they could be policed, right? That there is a better way for developing community police relationships. Uh, that, you know, the relationships between landlords and city council members are too close. And in fact, you know, we should be siding on the renters rather than the landlords a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, you know, that there are other certain policies that the city can move forward with and investing in youth rather than only going with the suppression model. That all of those things are valid uh, policy stances mm. that deserve a respectful place at that table. Mm. And all I'm trying to do is to be like, okay, yeah, um, I'm trying to be a candidate that says yes, all those things are true, and let's let's figure out how we can make good public policy. Out so of the this. person that's in now, are they are they for that too, or I don't think so. But you okay. know, that, that's me. You know, I, I like I'm, you know I, I don't necessarily want to make this a, a gripe uh, a fest against my opponent, but you know, more than anything, it's how long just, has his opponent been in? Uh, it's a uh, he. This now is at uh, the end of his four-year term, first four-year term. Okay, it's for four-year term. Yeah, so he was elected. Are we allowed to say his name? You can. Yeah. What's his name? His name's uh, David Penaloza. David Penaloza. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he just finished his four-year term. How do you do? What do you think? Uh, I wasn't impressed, so that's why I ran. Okay. That's uh, you know, it's as simple as that. Where um, you know, a consistent vote against rent control. Um, basically was uh, placed uh, into office with the support of uh, Jerry Sohana and the Police Officers Association, right? So, you know, he's offended that he's considered a POA candidate, but in fact, if you look at all the money that's being spent to support him, now we can say he's a POA candidate and a California Apartment Owners Association candidate. So they both both basically put in about $125,000 into his campaign. Yeah, uh, that's what I was getting to. Yeah, so he basically, you know, getting the support of about $250,000 in outside money to, like, you know, run. So that's the thing. It's like, you know, those are, the, the I think, two interest groups that are basically trying to. So interest, there's a lot. We're trying to fight interest groups. Oh, specifically, and yeah. It, and we've been doing that for a while. Yeah. Uh, and uh, with the. What about the mayor? Remember the mayor you were telling me last episode? A while uh, ago, he was, he was probably going to air it. So somebody was going to air it. And he was, <laughs> he, he said, always he shows up and just put a hat on and he doesn't do anything. The mayor. Is oh. he still there? No, no, no. Uh, well, I'm not sure we were talking about Polito at that point. I have to look back on the episode. But uh, Polito, four years, three years ago. Uh, okay, so Polito is now uh, no longer mayor. He, okay, he lost then. Uh, so he uh, he said he just he would just show up, put his hat on, oh, and no. just do a show, <laughs> and then like he would be gone his way. Oh, no. And in my lame terms, okay, not no, yours. No, no, no. Like I'm trying to remember like the conversation. I absolutely don't remember, but yeah, I'm sure it's out there. Um, <laughs> No, but uh, Polito actually was um, – he was termed out, so they changed the rules so he couldn't run anymore. 
Oh, okay. So, there you go. Yeah, so so he termed out. Uh, it was replaced by someone who I, I actually have a lot of respect for, uh, Vicente Sarmiento. So I'm, I'm supporting him for his run for supervisor. Mm. Uh, so he was mayor and is finishing his sec- his, uh, his two-year term. So the mayoral ship in Santa Ana is a two-year term process. Um, and uh, you know, to replace him, uh, Saltina Harrow is running. And I'm supporting Saltina Harrow, a former uh, council member and former school board member. Uh, so I think that you would do a good job as well. Uh, but you know, the mayoral ship is really, I, I think maybe what I said, it, it's actually just a big hat. Um, so, because <laughs> you don't really get that much more power. Like, uh, so structurally, the city of Santa Ana is a, um, a strong, or sorry, a weak mayor form of government. Okay. Uh, basically, it just means that the uh, city manager, so a professional uh, executive, runs the city operations. It's not the mayor that does it. Uh, and the mayor doesn't have any special powers other uh, than uh, running. Yeah, the no, yeah, that's the way you said it. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He said it the same way. Yeah. Okay, then there we go. Yeah, that yeah, you meant by big hat. Yeah, so he just got he has a bigger hat. Like, that's <laughs> a, but, but the the mayor has a bigger hat, and they have to run every. But they two years. they actually changed it now, so it's not it, it wasn't like the long term he was having. It was like okay, we gotta. Yeah, they got they got to switch it. So now, really, the most you can do, I think, is uh, twenty years on, on the council. So okay. uh, the, so now there's like a term limit for for twenty years. Uh, in fact, there is another uh, uh, ballot proposition that Santa Ana voters are going to be able to vote on uh, for having similar term limits for school board members. Because that actually, oh. yeah, that actually hasn't been in place. So there, there are there are some folks that have been there for thirty years plus as well. Yeah, <laughs> no, school board. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> I wish we can do that for the the national. You know, when it comes to uh, what we're going through right now, we got our national. What is it? The midterm elections coming up? Oh my gosh! Yeah, the midterms are going to be crazy. You know, I, oh man. Go yeah, go. No, I'm just gonna say I like honestly because I've been running my own campaign, I've had to ignore a lot of the midterm stuff. Normally, I would have been like in there looking at all the polls and being like, mm-hmm. oh my god, what's going on over here? And like. Um, in most election cycles, I'm like donating to particular candidates that I think might be able to do something well, like in another district, because right? I'm like, okay, cool, like you might like be a swing vote and you have a good shot. Um, so I'll, I'll like lend my support from here. Uh, and this time, I'm just like, oh no, I need all my money for my, my campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how much does it cost a campaign? I mean, you, the first time you did it, you just you hit the pavement and you you're going door to door. You you've grown and then not not just grown like matured, but People operation. knowing you, who yeah. you are, operation, and, yeah, and, and you be grinding. Yeah. But let, let's let's go back a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. When you lost, uh, you know, you you were working for the library, right? No, so uh, so at that point, I, I was working the, for the I worked for the library for uh, ten years, uh, and then you got hired at Oakland. Uh, yeah, so city manager, well, so city manager's office in Santa Ana, three years in planning. Okay. Then I ran for council after leaving the city. I was like, okay, I don't want to be uh, working for the city and running at the same time. I thought mm-hmm. that was a conflict. So then I, um, I I stepped away from employment with the city. Um, that was 2019. Mm-hmm. And then basically I just uh, ended up uh, uh, after leaving Santa Ana and losing my 150 votes out of a city of, you know, 330,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, um, the... Yeah, the next step ended up being like, okay, figuring out what I was going to do. Uh, worked on the census uh, in 2020. So yeah. I was like one of the census like uh, uh, folks. Uh, did some research for a couple of um, independent projects. And then basically it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Um, COVID hit. And then it was like everything was just like shut down. Yeah, shut down, yeah. Um, so then I was like, oh, okay, I got to like figure this out. And so about a year after like um, after the census gig and after COVID and kind of things started opening up again, um, I basically got a job with the city of Oakland as a planner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a planner in the zoning section over there, work remotely. And it was kind of fun. It was basically when we were fully, fully remote, I was like basically working from like other cities and other countries. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like the full remote life. Mm-hmm. Um, so because – 
if if you were working if you were working for city center as a city planner mm-hmm. it will look bad if you're running for city council yeah i wouldn't be able to do that well um you technically can you would just have to give up the job if you were to be elected however i didn't want to politicize the position that i was in right because then even mm. if you're not elected and like you lose then you're there and then you have to basically work for the person that you ran against right like mm. so you don't want any kind of retaliation against the department division so do you still work for the city of uh of oakland Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a remote uh, a, a hybrid work schedule, so basically I go in when I need to, but for the most part, I'm just like sitting on my desk, like, and I'm just like, okay. So you if go. you do get elected, do you still work for the city of Oakland as a city planner? Oh, yeah, th- there's no direct conflict there. Direct, um, direct conflict. Yeah, there'd be no because direct Because I know, I know, we're getting into the meat and potatoes here. Um, that's one of the things, the smear campaign they're doing against you. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's a big, it's it's a big thing. If you guys are not on IG or don't know, <laughs> there's a smear campaign going against him. Is that he's uh he's an insider and it's communism and and there's a really good artwork with you with money and everything. Yeah. And I wanted to know the what was going on and you just explain it. But like that's what they're using against you. Mm-hmm. Is that go ahead? Yeah, no, that I work for a different city, and uh, basically that I'm yeah I'm not from here, right? So I'm not from Santa Ana, which is like pretty pretty funny, right? Because like um, yeah, the the you know what I do in my spare time is work on a history of Santa Ana, you know, basically worked for it for uh, directly for 14 years and worked on the political side for for three years. Um, yeah, I've been a commissioner on on different commissions, helped like, write uh, some of the policies when it comes to the Arts and Culture Commission. Um, you know, basically, let's see, all my uh, schooling uh, was here, you know, graduated from Santa Ana College, graduated from middle college at Santa Ana College. Um, yeah, and it's like... They think you're an outsider coming in and taking over their piece of land. and Yeah, and this is all coming in from attacks from Sacramento, basically, right? So these are, uh, that particular attack, I think was, uh, well, it's two, actually. So two prong. Uh, one is from the California Apartment Owners Association. Okay. And they're basically- All just, notice? Yeah, they're basically the ones that are uh, trying to remove rent control, right? So they spent $600,000 trying to, like, take it out. And I was one of the people, they know me, because I was one of the people, like, blocking their signature gatherers. So they know exactly who I am. They know that I've been involved, because I was there- blocking their signature gathers when they were lying to our community after they said literally they had people out there saying oh sign this for rent control when it was to take it away really yeah so they know who i am like i've like i've uh, interacted with like their executive director who's like the former like uh i think it was the former what was it um chief of staff or like one of the republican supervisors here you know like yeah they're not dumb they know like the specifics it's just like what they think that the best line of attack is wow mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, like, so, I, like yeah, I, no, I seen it when you showed me the, when you put the post of the video on IG, and I'm like, man, they're really going after them, dude. They oh, yeah. the, the pictures and everything. I was like, damn, dude, that's. And, and they're only using good pictures. That's the weird part. There's one photo that was like, finally, they finally used a bad photo. So CAA finally used one bad photo, but the other ones were actually really good. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, this is like, they're like attacking me for not living here. I'm like, oh, this is when I got an award. <laughs> I think they're they're scared of like what what you're capable of doing and who you're gonna become. Yeah, now I would I would take that as, a, you know, when I've been attacked on my show and mm-hmm. and they've said things about me and and at first I'm like, you know, what what what, what? but then I says, hey man, I take pride and I says, you know what, dude, that means I'm doing something good and I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, it, uh, the thing um, we might have alluded to this earlier, right? Like working class background, mm-hmm. middle of the city, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Like I guess the 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 easy thing for most politicians is to get like scared off, right? But I'm like, look, what what are you gonna do, right? You're gonna like say something to like to me that's a lie, and then I'm just gonna be like, mm-hmm. you know, being like, you got you guys are lying about this, but you know, 
whatever. Yeah. Like it's like there's very little. I have very, how much? Is it, I mean, how much uh, would you make if you got elected city council? What do they make? Like ten thousand, twelve thousand a year. Yeah, it's twelve thousand a year. <laughs> and they're gonna I, spend over a hundred thousand dollars on advertisement to 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 smear you. So I'm uh, yeah, that's the thing. I'm like I'm losing money doing this because I could be working overtime instead. Yeah. Right? I could like I could be uh, doing my job and just doing it like overtime for a couple mm-hmm. of, like five six hours, and I would be making more like mm-hmm. than I would definitely be making uh, as a city mm-hmm. council member. But like for me, it's the policy, right? At the end of the day, like uh, the reason I got into government service was to try to impact those policies. I just got to the point where it was I thought it was going to be easier to convince five thousand residents than it was to convince five people in my department that a policy was a good idea, mm-hmm. right? Because they would basically say like, oh, we don't want to talk about that. That's not something that we do here. You know, rent control is totally off mm-hmm. um, you know, off the radar and like not something that you could even talk about as staff. We'd be like, hey, the residents are asking for rent control because they need some form of rental stabilization so that they don't um, end up being uh, displaced from our community. And, you know, staff and like higher up and management are like, oh, no, we don't talk about that. The, the council doesn't support it. and It's a non-starter. We can't even bring it up. Right. And I'm just saying, like, well, it's going to be easier to convince 5000 other people out there in an election that that's a good idea for this particular community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the direction I took. And I'm very proud. Um, and I'm not sure that was the only thing that led to it. But I know that I did what I could to try to make that positive impact mm-hmm. in the community that I care about. And now I'm being you know, attacked for not being from here. Uh, again, very disingenuous attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that's the worst they could find, I'm like, oh, that's pretty good, man. You guys actually have pretty bad research because there's so much more you can attack me on. <laughs> 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 it's like, no, it's like there's so much more. Yeah. It's uh, the policies that you back, and I, I, I totally back them. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got to uh, we got to take care of our own, you know, to sit there and, 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 and try to rage rent and, and, and go over to it you know, just to make money for who, mm-hmm. you know, when we create a community, we create things that bring people in. Yeah. It, I had my own studio in downtown Santa Ana and I live in Fullerton and I drove from Fullerton and then I would <laughs> go and walk around and have, and I would hang out in Santa Ana and I work in Santa Ana, mm-hmm. you know, and when you want to start pushing them out and oh, I want the rent control and all that, that's what are you, what are you trying to do? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like uh, for me, it's uh, one of these policies of just like, look, uh, it's it's a difference in policy, and it does impact people differently. Um, and you know, there's I think valid critiques that can have on it, but no one's having the debate on the valid critiques, right? No one's talking about like, well, you need to chain it to the CPI rather than not. Uh, you need to make sure that there's like immediate reimbursement. You need to have like better representation on the rental board. Like these are things that. If they were smart, they would basically say, like, okay, these are the things we're actually going to start talking about back and forth and, like, basically ensure that uh, protections might be there for the folks that they represent. You know, landlords, you know, everyone should have a seat at the table. Um, yes. But, you know, that's not what they're doing. They're basically saying, no, it's our way or nothing. And then we're saying, like, look, that's not the world that you're living in anymore, and you have to accept that reality. Um, but, you know, they're not accepting it, so they're going down, like, and, you know, right now at this point, they're just burning cash. So, like, I'm actually pretty happy that I'm burning their cash. I'm like, fine, then you guys are going to, like, keep doing this, and, like, I'm not going to go away. So it's old money against Yeah, it is. It's old money and old power. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm— And, and that, that, trick, that trickles up. Oh, yeah, totally. Trickles down. I mean, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and especially after Citizens United. So I always say that um, I, I think that campaign finance reform should be a nonpartisan issue, that Republicans and Democrats should get on board with this whole thing, that we should be getting as much money out of politics as possible. 
you know, when you have, I think right now it's like a, you know, a couple of billionaires and millionaires that are spending like a vast majority of what money is getting spent on politics. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's destructive for democracy. So I, I mm-hmm. do um, um, support anyone that's uh, that's doing that. Right. And I do think that there are a lot of folks on the Republican libertarian side even uh, that are kind of supportive of figuring out ways to have uh, money outside of the. Uh, way that we do it now where it's basically legalized bribery in my my opinion right yeah it's like you know someone can obvious yeah someone can accept you know again you know $150,000 in support uh, Mm -hmm. from a particular agency and say like oh they never gave me money directly (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like oh yeah 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 Yeah, they never did yeah (laughs) and no I I agree it's it's been going on for way too long and they you see it on the news right Mm -hmm. you see all CNN and Fox and this and that. And everyone's sold out. And when you want to go and go to liberal media, uh, you know, they, they take that down and we start new things such as Rumble and other other places. I'm not saying that I go there and all that, but I've, a- I've, I've been there in the foot of, uh, of the helm and seen people like, uh, you know, right wing extremists and, and uh, left wing extremists. And, and I've, been on both sides and i've seen it and i've seen the way our me- social our media is running and especially with elon musk taking over twitter <laughs> that's a big thing too yeah, is, i yeah, mean we a- can talk about that too but i i've seen it and 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 i'm over it i, I i'm 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 all about the truth and i'm tired of people trying to corrupt me and try to persuade me to learn this way or this way i want the truth mm-hmm. and you that I've known for so many years, you want the truth. You want, you want people to be successful. You want people to have the opportunity to make, to grow and, and make their lives better. And that's why you're on the show. And that's why I, I envy you for what you're doing, man. Uh, you know, no, thank you. And, but it is possible to, to fight against this. Right. And that's the thing. I, I do believe that, um, you know, everyone kind of, Oh, okay. So no, like I, I do believe that there's like, um, a certain basic amount of belief in this country and democracy in general. So like you have to defend that. And it's not necessarily anything that you do um, in any kind of extreme way, but even just at our own like homes in our own uh, cities and our own local communities. And so, you know, that's part of what we're trying to do. And uh, you know, part, part of it ends up being, you know, again, a, a belief in democracy in the sense that you know everyone should have a voice in the way that we're governed and, and i think that's the foundational like a uh, belief uh, at least what i was raised on right it's like you know everything else you know all the patriotic stuff that you kind of get instilled with uh, yeah that is still something i genuinely believe in. and I, I think that's worth fighting for it's you know never uh, or not necessarily ever been uh, perfected in this country but we have the ability to move towards something that uh is more close to the ideals that i was taught and that's all we, we can do in our own life right and um if we do uh, you know, believe in the, those uh, principles, uh, we have to do whatever is in our power to enact that. And I, I think that money uh, in politics to this amount uh, that we're seeing, even at the local level, um, is uh, fundamentally at odds with it. We literally have had, I guess, over a million dollars spent by our local police union uh, on, on our elections, right? They're like basically like 90% of our local spending when it comes to um, elections here. And that's uh, something that would be troubling. No, I, I think that, you know, it's not necessarily to say that they have no voice. I'm just saying that, you know, if it's only going to be a lot of money um, kind of being thrown in from one organization, you know, if, if I was to say that, um, okay, yeah, one organization gets 90% of the resources when it comes to an election, is that a fair election? 
I, I just don't think that it is. And, mm-hmm. You know, um, so you know, people can disagree with that, and like some folks, there should say, be a cap. Yeah, I would say so. Like some kind of reasonable cap, you know, and that doesn't have to be anything crazily like you know small, but it should be something reasonable, right? Like, hey, yeah, because like, how are you going to compete? Like, I, I understand where you're coming from. But if if I'm trying to get someone elected and I start my own podcast and and I only have so many people viewing, I'm not going to compete with someone from CNN. Yeah, and they're going to say, like, oh, we well, you know, that's democracy. CNN wins. It's like, well, is that democracy? I don't think yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's an oligarchy, you know? Like, you know, I, and again, uh, we have, um, you know, the right to political representation. Uh, and I think that, you know, this effort that, I, that I'm doing and the kind of like my, my life's work is that, look, I'm trying to serve the people in the community that gave me so much. And at the end of the day, it comes from a love of my fellow residents. And, you know, I can't fix the whole world, but I can mm-hmm. try to make, I always say 27.3 square miles of the planet better. Mm-hmm. And that's my, just my, my own little community, my own little mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, getting attacked, uh, you know, from not being from here, that kind of rolls off the back. That's kind of funny to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, Oh man, this is like the worst possible. Attack. I think, I think, you know, when you made it, when you get, when you get attacked like that, cause I, I, I was cruising, you know, my podcast until, you know, there's, there's some things that that's happened to me and then, you know, me personally, like, what the fuck, dude, you know, you know? <laughs> and then I go, okay, I know that I'm doing something and I'm doing something positive and, and I'm making, I'm making a, a splash in it. So mm-hmm. I, I would take that as, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a definitely a, it's a, it's a badge of honor for sure. Um, and again, like I challenge anyone to, to you know, debate me on the principles, right? Like it's, there only- you go. You guys, he just said it right there, folks. You guys want to, want to debate Manny, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the election is probably pretty soon. It probably <laughs> won't happen yeah. soon, but uh, Escamilla. Yeah, but even that, like, what I, what I also mean is, like, I do kind of come in from a like, slightly academic background, right? Like, I, okay, yeah. like, I, I, yeah, um, I do, I, I have my, you know, two master's degrees. I'm an undergraduate, uh, well, two master's from UCLA, undergraduate from Berkeley, mm-hmm. uh, one in library science, the other one in, um, oh my gosh, uh, urban planning. Uh, but at the end of the day, what you're looking for in public policy is you're trying to find an answer to very tough questions that aren't, don't really have great answers, but you're trying to get to the best, trying, yeah, it, with the best information that you have, with the limited resources, the limited amount of time, uh, and it is good to have a clash of ideas. But you need to actually have ideas. You mm-hmm. can't just go around saying like you just wanted to fund the police. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. I you know said that you know people want to because you know, I guess I was accused of something like that. And I was like, no, I've never said that ever mm-hmm. it's always been like hey look um our response rate uh takes a really long time for low priority calls because our police officers are busy with you know life-threatening emergencies mm-hmm. um so yeah we should have some other kind of civilianized response so that people don't feel like no one ever answers their calls because then they're going to start stop calling mm-hmm. and then that's a genuine like like mm-hmm. issue that we have with how we address uh, police matters mm-hmm. there's also like hey we have 40 traffic cops um which is great but I'd rather have 40, you know, patrol officers or people investigating homicides because I think that that's really where their priority should be mm-hmm. rather than traffic enforcement. And, you know, traffic enforcement should be done like through the public works department uh, mm-hmm. or something where it's like, yeah, there, there's going to be more efficient ways. I like that. Yeah. It, and it's like uh, right now it's like, oh, uh, someone. OK, a very a very common complaint. Someone double parked in front of my in front of my house or in my driveway. It's like, oh, we can't send an officer over there. It'll be like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. well, 20, 30 minutes, the guy's going to be gone. The, the car's going to be blown up. 
yeah like, <laughs> you know there's like yeah there's nothing there but it's like okay but now we're at the point like okay well can like they do a remote report uh, they go out there and get all the basic information you know there's like that we, we don't make, don't do it so that it's not safe for anyone but you know like oh well do you have a license plate do you like have photos it's like there we go yeah, and then you send off a ticket and then everyone knows that hey you can you're going to get remotely reported or something where it's like look officer doesn't necessarily have to go out there but they know that there's a penalty then now being issued you know to this particular like person mm-hmm. for for this traffic violation mm-hmm. but again it doesn't require you to physically move a person from like one side of the town town to another side of town it's like something you do in a more efficient manner mm-hmm. i'm not saying you know and there, there are little like uh like legal there are definitely legal issues and like process and uh, what is it a uh, chain of custody when it comes to evidence that we have to work through but those are the types of ideas that we need to start discussing rather than just saying we need to hire everybody that we possibly can because you know what uh, you know, the, the thing it's that too much for us to we can't afford it. Yeah. It's like a, there is a limit to the budget. I'm going to give you an example. One of my customers, one of, one of my homies, shout out to uh, Julio. He lives he lives in Santa Ana. I mean, all my customers live in Santa Ana. And across the street from him, uh, one of the one of the guys is a tenant. He rents out one of the back houses. You know how they are, Santa Ana yeah. Duplex. Uh, he's an alcoholic, the guy that, that rents in the back house. And his music plays loud. It's loud. They've, it's so loud that he can't sleep for days. Mm. And he's across the street. It's the way the the, the, the music yeah. echoes. Yeah. And he plays that rap music. That and rap music. That, the rap music. And, <laughs> you know, not, not that. He, he plays that, you know, he plays yeah. rap music, okay? Yeah. And so he, he's in the back house. Uh, you know, he's playing it, and my 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 customer, he's, he's the other side of the house, and uh, it's so loud. Where like the cops have come, they've they've the, the neighbors have beaten him up. Oh, they they broken and beat the shit out of his car. God damn! Like and he drink he drinks bottles of vodka and he just plays music all night. He goes for days. Okay. And my 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 customer, he goes, I haven't slept in three days. He's got bags under his eyes. And I go, man, why don't you call? We call the cops. But he's got cameras. They show up. They turn the camera. He, he he turns the music down. He plays stupid. He goes, I go, why don't you go and beat his ass then? We've done it. He doesn't care. He's got no teeth. He goes, he just he just keeps doing it. All right. I, 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 and I, like, <laughs> I, I, I cannot regulate physical you know? violence. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, just, yeah. those scenarios. And I, and I go, call yeah. the cops. Go to city meeting, or mm-hmm. and so finally the the owners finally he's got him uh, getting evicted, right? You know, the, the, he's, yeah. he's doing that route. He goes, but he's never gonna, goes, he's, he's never, never gonna leave. Yeah, and he, it, that will he go. That will take years. He'll just keep dragging it on. Yeah, well, actually, it probably won't take years, but it is a it is a process, and you do have to have like fair uh, a fair eviction process. But yeah, that's something where instead of it being uh, yeah directly like sending officers all the time, then you deal with like okay, now it's more contacting the property owner to be like, hey, there's a violation of the lease, mm-hmm. and then like you know that eventually it seemed that that was the, the solution in this particular case. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like there is a different way of handling the situation because every, day, yeah. every time I see him, I go, "Did yeah. you sleep tonight?" Do you sleep last night? No, man. He was playing his music, and I, and like, I'm trying to help him. I'm like, yeah. well, but won't you call the city? Won't you? He goes, we've done everything, dog. We've done everything. He goes, he just keeps does. He doesn't care. Mm. And uh, <laughs> not a, not a very good neighborhood. 
uh, well, you know, it's a set. And yeah. I mean, there's still still some in there that are like that, I guess. Yeah, no, because it's like, a, yeah, for me, it was always reasonable. Like, I, I actually do like certain parts where it's like a little louder, like, and I, cause I'm like, you know, very, very used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like all the time, everywhere, that's like, and once it like starts really like impacting the neighbor, that's, yeah, not cool, man. <laughs> not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. Man. So uh, before we get out of it, man, I mean, yeah. you got, we got a couple of days left for your, your election. Uh, you know, this is your time to plug in. And, and tell people why they should vote for you. Yeah, so uh, you know, more than anything, I'd say um, you know, hearts in it for the particular, uh, you know, the, the right reasons in the sense of like, look, we're trying to defend uh, working families in Santa Ana, make sure that they don't get displaced by rising housing costs. Uh, I do believe that there's a lot more that we can do when it comes to fixing some of the pollution issues that we have in Ward 6. Um, you know, that basically goes from higher levels of lead, higher lead, uh, higher uh, levels of uh, What's across streets from Ward Six again? Oh, Ward Ward Six is crazy long. So we're basically going all the way up from Seventeenth uh, down to Dyer. Okay. Uh, mostly on the east side of Maine, uh, plus French. Uh, sorry, plus uh, Memorial Park and Wilshire Square. So we're basically looking French Court, French Park, Lacey, uh, east side of downtown. So you're closer to Tustin. Uh, yeah, Standard Mini, all the industrial side, uh, all Den- right. Denadel High, Madison Park, and then again uh, Wilshire Square and oh. um, uh, Memorial Park. So it's it's pretty wow. like it's lumpy. It's that's a pretty yeah. That's a pretty rough. That's an elbow. Like uh, you ever heard of Harvey's? Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I picked them up. Oh okay. Yeah, I picked them up every Saturday. They changed. Is that considered French quarters over there? Uh, that's uh that's actually part of uh, technically part of uh, Lacey. Oh, it's called Lacey. The Lacey neighborhood. Yes. Yeah, they they've been cleaning it up lately. You get the railroad track or the what is it? Arm track right there. Uh, yeah, the Amtrak. So Amtrak. yeah, it, it includes a yeah it includes a train station. Oh, it also includes uh sorry the district also includes Logan. Uh, so Logan neighborhoods in there as well, and then the Fourth and Grand uh, neighborhood that's on one side. It's not incorporated neighborhood. We have to basically take some steps to incorporate it as a neighborhood association. So that's another thing to to work on. Um, but yeah, but be, it's cleaned up. It's nice. It's it's it's. I mean, they're doing their part. Yeah, the Harbors area. Yeah, like they they did some really great uh, work on the Quonset huts and some historic preservation there because that's actually good. You know, so uh, yeah, did do, do a lot of history work, right? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they did a uh, adaptive reuse of the structure, which I thought was really well mm-hmm, done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was super cool. Uh, but we do have a uh, you know, bad issue on the rail line. So that's yeah, the, what's going on with that? So right now it's you know, basically uh, private owners. So they only come in and clean it up every so often. There's about two to three trains uh, per week. So my thought on on that is we basically go and follow like a rails to trails model, where basically we get federal funding or some outside funding to basically purchase that right of way and turn it into a bike or pedestrian trail. Mm. Um, so then that way it's kind of like the Pacific Electric line. So it'd be another twin line kind of looping. So down. they only come two or three times a week. What do they do it for? Uh, so there's one company down there. I think I, I don't want to say the name because I'm not quite sure who it is, but there's only one company um, down there that gets the shipments. Stuff. I know. I know. I, I, yeah. I, not, I've seen it. I see it. I see it when I'm out there in, in like an old four mm-hmm. off of uh, Harbor and I see the, I go, this train, what, where's this train coming from? Yeah. And they got certain drop offs they do for certain companies. Yeah. It, so that's the thing we have to figure out. It's like, okay, like, um, so that's the really one of the big costs. It's like, okay, is that then going to be like, we have to pay to move the business? Do we have to figure out? Um, what the cost is going to be for them, and then we give them a certain amount. Like, so there are like uh, other implications where we have to look at how active that line is. Uh, but you know, for the most part, it's like we can't clean it up, we can't send patrol officers over there, we can't really add lighting. There's a lot of things. Yeah, because the railroad owns that, so they have to be able to. Mm-hmm. They have to go in there and then call. Yeah. So, so that's the thing, and it becomes like a big operation, and we always like take photos, like, oh, we're down there cleaning it up. You know, it's like no, but you have to do this on a 24-hour mm-hmm. basis and really kind of clean it up. 
So that's the thing that impacts the entirety of Ward 6. I'm like very like closely looking yeah, at that. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, that's the entire district. So and that's it's actually a and really great connection. And on top of you're doing the, you're big building the trolleys. Yeah, they are building the trolleys, and there's still a question like, okay, well, is that going to be the line? Can we do something with it? Yeah. Um, so that's the thing where I would like to see a possibility of reusing that line. That right now, like even I was walking down in Delhi today. And yeah, it was just like you turn around. There's like yeah, four or five people just like camped out. And like, that's just fairly normal. And the campment's not even that large. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I was talking to a lot of the residents. They say yeah, like you know, this little uh, th- there's this one spur that goes even further out. It's actually one of the biggest, um, I think, graffiti bomb yards in the uh, in the city. You know, you definitely mm-hmm. want to go during the day. Don't go at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know like a major like hub where like you just get in a major encampment. No one really sees it because it's kind of like tucked away. But the residents there are directly impacted. They literally have people you know, jumping over a wall to like get to their like their their encampment. So, you know, that's just uh one of those things where I think that the rail line does need to be evaluated and turned into something else. Um because right now I think it's more of a drain uh, on the community than a than a resource at this point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are those are definitely it's part of the the policy package there. Um and overall, you know, just someone who's, you know, worked in city government and knows about city policies and like different operations and how we can bring those ideas in. So, you know, you know that. Um and apparently after this, you know, that I can take a punch uh, to, uh, <laughs> you know, from uh, from political ads. So I guess that's like that might be a benefit there for some of those folks that enjoy uh, more of the uh, the fighting that comes along with it with mm-hmm. local politics. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I really am concerned with basic government services and doing them in a good way, because it's not enough to just say we're spending a bunch of money on this. You have to evaluate how you're spending that money and you have to be. So re- there's more money coming in than you know what we're producing well there was more money or, coming in than know. oversight than over than, yeah yeah that's yeah. what i mean yeah so there's more money coming in that people really know how to take a look at and we're i don't think we're asking the right questions when it comes to things like very basic stuff like okay for me it's like are uh, people stealing money from us i i think that there's a lot of waste that's going into it a lot of waste yeah, there is there is a, there is a lot of waste when it comes to particular uh, purchases, and there's also different ways that we can do purchasing. So, like um, instead of doing um, right now, we have mostly what is it, um, uh, sole source like bidding or not sole source, but just like a oh my gosh, um, an RFP, so a request for proposals that then go through a bid, and it's a fairly bureaucratic way of mm-hmm. like doing it, which is fine because you have to like make sure no one just kind of gives out contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also do uh, reverse bids. Uh, you can also start keeping track with other agencies, like who always underbids and then over like, and then it ends up charging you more at the end, right? So you can start keeping track of people that actually comply mm-hmm. um, with the quality of the work as well as the cost of the work, because that's something else that we need to start looking at, right? Because a lot of times what ends up happening is someone comes in. There's, they say something's going to cost a certain amount of money, and then by the time you're done with the contract, you know the contract's doubled up, and then you're like, "Well, th- that's where the money went." Well, I, w- I would do this. What I would do is I would hire the people that work with it, that live within the city, because a lot of those mm-hmm. those young young men, older men, they got hands and they know how to make their things better than anything, and they'll do it for pennies to the dollar. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing. Where like I don't think hire within the city. Yeah, and uh, that's the other thing. We we have a pretty bad track record of hiring uh, hiring local. So mm-hmm. there's also like I think more uh, that we can do when it comes to um, benefits on the RFP point system and the grading system. Uh, so then that's something also when it comes to procurement that we really need to take lessons. a look at. Yeah, and, and there are other cities that do a little bit better of a job. Um, but you know it's pretty much government wide though that that is a government wide problem and we need to have like a more uh, comprehensive solution. Sounds there. like sounds like there's there's big problems. Oh, there's, there's a, yeah, there's big problems everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> How do you sleep at night, dude? Oh man, like for me, uh, I just 
I I enjoy the work. I I do. Okay. I I really do enjoy this because uh, at the end of the day, it's like um, you're doing you're doing what you need to do. You're doing what you, in, what's in your heart. Yeah, and it, and it's basically like how do I apply like my specific like quirks and talents to like help other people, right? Because I can mm. you know go around and just like be very like. Um, you know, my natural state is being introverted. I, people don't get necessarily like get this about me, but I'm like, I'm fairly shy and I'm fairly, um, introverted and I like spending time alone and like quiet environments and, you yeah, know, me, me too, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a UPS driver. I'm by myself all day long. <laughs> you know, you know and I get to talk to people and I'll let it go, you know, yeah. but I just, most of the time I'm just by myself listening to music. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to stack uh, books, you know, my, the only, the, the way they got started in like local government is I just wanted to put away books at a library, you know, that was a, <laughs> my first job for the city. We just like, <laughs> just like putting away books. I'm like, all right, I'm going to shelve these books. Um, so the, yeah, like at, at the end of it, it's like, I can do this and contribute or I can just like walk away from it and see like, yeah, this is not worth the hassle. Yeah. Um, but you know, like things that are, you know, that are really worthwhile in life, you have to fight for. And this is just one of those fights. Hey, I got your back, dude, no matter what, man. And I'm very proud of you, dude. And I've been watching your IG, your stories and them <laughs> making all kinds of nice, nice murals of you and, and just smearing campaign you and you, you going back at them and going, look at, they gave him $117,000 and this is what I'm working with. Mm -hmm. a, a measly 8,000 people that have donated. <laughs> Like you're going against people like one hundred and seventeen thousand. What are they doing with the money? Like what are they like? That's 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 crazy. You know, and, and you battling and and you doing what you need to do, man. You're 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 a soldier. You're a, you're someone that I admire, dude. And I look up to and, and you push me. You push me when I see what you're doing. And, and like as a podcaster, you're pushing me to, to keep podcasting and keep keep grinding and like you know, hopefully I influence you a little bit or inspire you a little bit, man. But I'm so proud of you, man. And I'm, I'm rooting for you. November 8th, folks, if you haven't voted in the city of Santa Ana, everyone who listens to my podcast knows I'm from Santa Ana. Uh, you know, I, I deliver there. That, that, that's 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 it's my home. That's my second home. Yeah. And uh, and I and I love Santa Ana and, and I and I root for Santa Ana every day. And uh you know, Manny, before we get out of her, man, yeah, say your piece. Yeah, no, it's like I definitely got a couple of shout-outs to, to end up with. So, you know, definitely, if you're not in Santa Ana, but you're still in the Central District, uh, vote for Vicente Sarmiento for supervisor. Uh, if you're anywhere in the city of Santa Ana, uh, South Dina Harrow for mayor. Uh, if you're not in my district and you're also kind of up, like uh, Amalia Mejia down in Ward 2 is a really great candidate. Uh, let's see, Ward, sorry, no, uh, she's in Ward 4. Uh, Ward 2 is uh, Ben Vasquez, who's uh, been a great teacher to a lot of kids uh, over at Valley High School. And really just a lot of uh, support that's kind of coming in from uh, the California Working Families Party, the cooperative campaigns effort, uh, a lot of uh, volunteers that have been uh, out there sweating and grinding with me as well, man. Like we are like literally just door to door. We've, you know, the great thing about this, and I can say this now because it's like nice and towards the end, they can't do anything about it now. We knocked on every single door in our like universe twice, like twice. <laughs> Um, you know, so you like personally at this point, I think we talked to over a thousand voters directly myself mm -hmm. where I'm just like just out there getting to know stories, families. And at the end of the day, like, um, I am proud of the work our team did. And I know that we like tried our hardest and we're going to see what the results are. But, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to the voters. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're trying to fight that money. So the reason why, 
you know, folks have 25 pieces of mail in their ballots right now because a lot of outside money is interested in what's happening in Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. And right now, I just, you know, want everyone here to know that I'm interested in the people and not the money. I could have made my decision to, like, be like, well, yeah, I'm just going to go with the status quo. That's not how I'm going to live my life. Mm-hmm. They offered you money? No, nah, it's just easier. It's like one of those things where you just, like, back off an idea, don't fight it, and then you're, like, you're fine and good to go, right? It's like no one ever says, like, here's a pile of cash. It's more of a, like, hey, we'll support you. <laughs> <laughs> you know um mm-hmm. well once again man I'm, I'm i'm honored to have you on the show man i'm very proud of you and you know everyone is listening to the show man if you're from santa Ana, from uh ward six put your vote in if you if you don't have a ballot Go out to, uh, they, they have uh, stands the voting, out there. Yeah, the voting center, so uh, the Delhi Center, uh, the Musicians Institute, uh, Roosevelt Walker. You can all walk in. I would say Monday is going to be clear, so if you do get this tomorrow. Um, yeah, it'll go, be up tonight. Yeah, it'll be up tonight. So, like, Monday is going to be, like, nice and easy. Tuesday is going to be a little chaotic, but uh, if you have your ballot, you can also just drop it off in, in one of those boxes. There's a few of them all scattered throughout town. But listen, if I lived in his district, I, he'd get my vote. I'd vote for him twice. This is one of my good friends. Uh you know, I don't talk to him all the time, but he he's a, a member of this podcast. He he's he's you know, family of this podcast. He was on episode 7 and episode 50. I love you guys, man. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode. You got anything else before you go? No, just thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, dude, it. anytime, man. And and I'm I'm praying for you and and I'm rooting for you and let's go, man. Let's get this guy his win. Uh he deserves it. He's going to fight for us. And uh, he means a lot to me, and, you know, it, it's, it's an honor having him on the show. Once again, I, I want to take all my listeners from around the world that tune in to the Raider State Podcast. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. All right? Peace.